Hey there, Nostalgia Gogglers. We, uh, we try not to ask for reviews and recommendations too often on this show, and I think we've done a pretty good job. Uh, but you know what? Uh, George's birthday just passed, and what I would love to give him for his birthday is a few more of you uh, loyal, let's say, gogglers, gogglers out there. Um, the best way to do that really is reviews on Apple Podcasts uh, and just recommending the show word of mouth. Uh, people trust you as a listener uh, more than they trust a recommendation from me as one of the hosts. Uh, so if you can take the time to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, if you can take the time to recommend this show to someone who might enjoy it, uh, and if you really want to go crazy and check out our Patreon, uh, there's links for all that stuff on nostalgiagoggles.audio. It's a real easy thing to do. It helps us out a lot. And uh, it's a real cheap, cheap, super cheap way for you to give George a birthday present. So he'd appreciate it. I'd appreciate it. And as always, thank you, really, thank you so much for listening. The living room's dark, save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey George. Hey Lions, how's it going? It's uh it's it's going like 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 village good and like I'm mm. working on like town good, but then I'm really hoping to end the night at like city metropolis good. So the interesting thing is that I believe that this game starts with town, not village. Um what you were quoting was actually the D&D taxonomy <laughs> of, of of town sizes. But uh, I thought there was going to be a civilization joke in there. Like, no, that would be very. They definitely start with villages, right? Oh yeah, but I mean, to be fair, that would be uncivilized. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so SimCity, we played the Super Nintendo SimCity, which is not the original SimCity, but I think for most people in our age range, it probably is their original SimCity. There was mm. like a PC one earlier. That was on like mm-hmm. PC and Mac, and holy smokes, it was. If you think this is unsophisticated, <laughs> that that one was like press button to city. Congratulations, you have city. Like it was Woo-hoo. just. It, I mean, it was neat for the time, but like it came out in like eighty four or something. Like it's old. It goes way right. way back. Right. Yeah. No. No. We did not play that one. We played the one for the Super Nintendo, and hilariously. Um, Brief, brief, already tangent, but it is semi-related. <laughs> sure. Is uh, I spoke with a, a a friend of mine, and she basically said, um, I said, you know, like something, something, something. Oh, because oh, that's what it was. Is that uh, Teddy, my son? Uh, when I loaded it up to, ch- to play a little bit, he wrested the controls from my hand and was like, and started playing, failed, and so then he started telling me what to do, which I just did because it was awesome. <laughs> um, and he he's apparently a very libertarian, um, like city runner because he dropped the tax rate to like two percent and no police you know just basically lawless land um so love it i (laughs) i said that to a a friend of mine and she said i didn't even know you could set the taxes in the sims i was like no 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 it's it's sim it's sim city this is this is pre the sims this is this is different it's a different thing and she's like oh i haven't played either and i was like Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to make you name this person because we're not we're not here to shame anyone. But I am curious: uh, was this person under thirty? 
This person is under 30, yes. Okay. <laughs> because that feels like a thing that someone over 30 wouldn't say. Like, because those things are super different, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like different in, in, like, you could never, ever confuse those two things if you had been exposed to both of them. No, you never would. But, I mean, I believe, like you said, at a certain age range, like, pretty much all there is is The Sims, you know, because... And I may be wrong. Maybe they are still making SimCity somewhere, but I think pretty much civilization cornered the market on, you know, civilization world building like that, you know? Well, I think the real problem is that uh, the company that made this or that made SimCity, uh, Maxis, I believe they were acquired by EA and EA has this, this weird thing they do where they're like, what if instead of games that were fun, we just made Skinner boxes that made us all billionaires? Yep. And when The Sims came out, they were like, aha. And, and that was like the end of them investing in the SimCity franchise. I think there has been one or two more in like the last 10 years, but they they saw that their moneymaker was not building cities it was building houses and then letting people make the walls in those houses out of ovens and then burning yep. those houses down with no yep. doors exactly yeah no <laughs> but um but yeah so nostalgia goggles what are your what's your specific nostalgia experience for this so i i don't it's it's bad to like pre-apologize you know like people who get up and and they public speak and they're like oh hey you know I'm, I'm not really used to public speaking so give me a break like you're not supposed to do that so here i go and do that um, okay I played this game entirely because of and largely with my older brother. This mm. is a game I am positive we owned. It is one of the first Super Nintendo games we ever owned, if not the first Super Nintendo game we ever owned. Because I think SimCity was one of the original bundle games where like, you could buy a Super Nintendo that had SimCity with it. And I'm pretty sure that that's what we had because the Super Nintendo was for my older brother. And so I played SimCity with him. And I actually texted him when we were going to do this episode. And I was like, hey, do you remember playing SimCity with me as a kid? And he was like, yes. And I was like, can I call you and like get some like funny stories? And he was like, absolutely. And then my life was a catastrophe for like two weeks. <laughs> and I have not spoken to him. <laughs> so like yep. somewhere out there are funny stories of me playing SimCity as a child. And they're just beyond the episode. <laughs> Yeah, in, in a in a infinite multiverse, there is a version where you did get those stories, and there's a version where we're laughing on them right now. But this is this is we do not live in that universe. Yeah, this is not that. What I can say is that unlike some of the games we've played, where I'm like vague, cloudy memories of like, oh, this was my buddy Brian's, or I think this was Alex's, or something like that. Like I am one thousand percent positive I played this at home almost exclusively with my older brother. About the same time you were learning how to do percents? Right around then, yes. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm like between 50 and 600% sure it was around that same time. Perfect. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, my nostalgia experience is actually... Okay, so, so you know, uh, again, not to, to, to pre-apologize, but, you know, bo both of our lives have been a little bit in disarray, right? So you're like, hey, let's play SimCity. And I was like, yes, I have played that. And then a week went by and I was like, oh, no, I am pretty sure that I was thinking of Sim Earth, not <laughs> Sim City. In fact, I'm certain of it. But, but maybe, just maybe, I also played Sim City. 
and, and I did not. I just played Sim Earth, and actually I played it on the computer, which which is a fun game. So but, here, uh, here's why this is exciting to me. I feel like some people who listen to the show, we love you. We love all of our audience. Mm-hmm. Um, Go out and scream outside of your house. Yes, so that we know you're there. Um, I feel like some of those people might think that the we don't do a lot of research ahead of time thing is like a bit. Um, since this is the second time this has happened, I feel like we're starting to gain some trust on the we don't do <laughs> research outside of the show. Nope. Nope. We, we, <laughs> we, we boot up the game. We play it. We... Use, I mean, to be fair, the, 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 in, in my opinion, the main purpose of this is to look at it not through, you know, like, oh, well, what has everybody else said about this game? But instead to say, like, with, with our knowledge, existing knowledge of video games and on how games are made and on learning tropes and all those sort of stuff, bringing all of that to bear, what can we, what can we say about this game? Because I, it's kind of like um, uh, uh, Simpsons creator Matt Groening saying that he refused to watch Family Guy because he didn't want to get ideas from them. So I'm kind of okay with not doing pre-research because I don't want to just regurgitate really interesting things that other people have already said. I want us to hopefully find new things. So that way it's unique and interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and whether or not we have explicitly said this, uh, it's kind of inherent in the idea of replaying games we played as kids that if we went out and like learned a ton about it and did a bunch of side research, like that would strongly color our replay experience. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily a bad thing, but it's also not what we're trying to do. So no, as much as I really want to make funny right now, like you're, <laughs> you're kind of like you're staying on theme is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, I mean, you know, and like I said, you know, is that I, 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 to me, it was interesting to see it play against some of my recollections of Sim Earth, um, because there are definitely, I mean, it's, it, it's, and actually, what I did was I, I booted up Sim Earth for a little bit, and a lot of the, um, the, the idiosyncrasies are like similar, you know. So, um, so I definitely wasn't completely taken off guard, but yeah, no, I was, <laughs> when you were like, play SimCity, I was like, yes, oh man, I played so much Sim Earth. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so the, the one thing you are lucky, you don't realize you may have narrowly dodged this bullet is if you had confused Sim Ant or Sim Farm with SimCity, then I would have to heckle you endlessly because those games were just shadow, just pale, pale shadows of the great sim franchise yes no no none of that because what what i was picturing in my mind was in sim earth when you play in the technological age there are huge like you can build cities and stuff you know and so that's just what my mind pictured i was like oh yeah it's like you know like you look at the u.s and there's a bunch of cities and yeah sim sim city yeah and then brain said dude dude you know that sim earth right it's like i do now um (laughs) But the one thing that was that they do keep consistent, which I really appreciated, was the disaster mechanic. But we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. That's right. So let's talk about uh, the visuals first, especially because for you they were new and exciting. <laughs> well, they were new. Yes. Oh. oh. Um, I think it's kind of important to uh, describe the visuals in this in a way we have talked about with some other games um, with a term. That if I didn't make up, I'm certainly going to take all the credit for, which is like tokenizing. And mm-hmm. this yep. game, in fact, most of the SimCity games until they crossed, I think, like the the SimCity 2000 threshold where they wanted like where you could zoom into the street level and like see individual people walking around. All of the like earlier SimCity games were not 
even making an attempt to not only look realistic, but even to necessarily look like the thing that they were. Because when you put down like a residential zone, it is literally a red block, well, a red outline of a block with a big red red letter R in it. Uh, Blue for commercial, yellow for industrial, like, and the buildings look like buildings, but it looks like they're almost like monopoly buildings. Like it's, it's like a model set of a city. They're not trying to make you feel like you are God looking down on a real city. Like it's, it, it doesn't even feel like they're, they were hampered by the processing power of the time. It really feels like they said, imagine you're in an office and you are laying out a city. That's, that's how this is going to look like you are looking top down on a model of a city. Yes, and and, and that, that was actually literally uh, one of my notes, which I, I'm I'm glad you touched on, is that uh, a lot of games of this era they were trying to do something of this scope went to, and we're just going to use that tokenizing, um, which uh, which I think is is very 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 good. And and at first I was like, that's brilliant, and then I thought about it, and I was like, that's actually just ripping off what they knew, which is board games, you know, and and you you said the analogy i was gonna bring monopoly right so like in monopoly you start off with you know like you own the tile and it's just blue and then you put one two three four houses on it right so it's a very clear visual cue as to what you know how much money's been poured into this and how much money is going to be poured out of you should you land on it and then eventually you scoop all that up and you put a red hotel on there and if you played with an older brother or something like that who was trying to, you know, get like cheat you. Sometimes you'd have multiple hotels on there, <laughs> which is not how the game's played, but um, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. But, but yeah, so basically they, they do that. So, you know, at first it's like you have cordoned off this area as a residential area. Only, only, you know, only residential buildings can be built here and you just watch it slowly build. And it's, and it's really, really great. They do a great job visually. Cause I could get a feel pretty easily just from looking at it which areas were booming and which areas were, you know, falling apart. And also, too, it, just in case the visuals got confusing or weird or anything like that, you had the magnifying glass, which I thought was a very, very smart, clever choice, which then takes all of the visuals and brings them down to, like, their base numbers, you know? Yes, and they're like, it, it is. And it's nicer than just looking at a list of, like, residential zone at grid a1 is doing this well residential zone at grid a2 is doing that like the fact that you have the same map you always have and you can just move the magnifying glass over it and it's like here's how you know because i I it does it call them levels it's like this is like a level five residential zone or whatever it is like that's that's a more fun way to interact and it's completely unambiguous in not just uh, how good that zone is doing in case you're not getting the right vibe from the building, but exactly which zone you're looking at. Like it, it's unmistakable. Yeah. To me, it's, it's kind of nice because it literally visually allows you to say like, okay, kind of gives you like, like you said, that tokenized feel. You can watch as your city like great grows and expands, you know? Um, but then if you're like, no, I need to see under the hood. I need to know exactly what's going on with the city so that way I can make a choice. You know, they're like, that's entirely fine. You have that option, you know, and it's very easy. It's a clean, clean visual. So I guess like as far as visuals for the sake of visuals, right, you have the, you know, like the the, the tokenized view, which like looks nice. And it's, it's you know, it kind of gives you an idea of it, right? And then that that also services gameplay. But then they said, like, what what if a visual that solely serviced gameplay? And so then they gave you the microscope, you know, or the magnifying glass. Magnifying glass, yeah. Um, they did. There are a couple of places where you can tell they were looking 
down the barrel and they were like, one day we'll be able to make it so you can zoom in and see people walking down the street of your city. And that's going to be nifty. But what we can do now when you build a stadium or when you have a zoo is make individual pixels, literally individual gray pixels move yep. back and forth in like this very short, very repetitive pattern. And that to me is almost worse like because there's nowhere else i man i i can't think of a single other place besides the zoo or the stadium that literally shows the individual pixels that are supposed to be entire people like moving back and forth and mm -hmm. it, it just i don't know like it, it just kind of bugged me i was just like give it up like we know <laughs> we know you can't animate people at this scale it's okay because everything else, like the little cars and the little trolley car and everything else, like those are, you can tell what they are by looking at them. But if those individual pixels were anywhere but on the football field, I would never guess like, ah, football player. Yes, obviously. And, and the ones in the football field, I was like, yeah, whatever. The ones on the road, I actually appreciated because it gave you an idea of whether or not the road was actually being used. Um, because that, a couple of times. True. That's how you know where your traffic is. Right. So because a couple of times, like I built roads, I'm like, why aren't people using these roads? And 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 so so quick spoiler, um, I, I, I played two saves because the one the first time I did, I was like, this is how a city works this is not how a city works. <laughs> and the city I built was so broken that I was like, OK, I've learned. And then like the mayor of Icetown in Parks and Recreation, I abandoned that city <laughs> and moved on to another one, which actually fared a lot better. But. I don't know what happened in that first city. Although, oh, wait, no. We, I can't believe we haven't talked about this. What did you name your city? Ah, yes. So um, I have actually, this is in my notes, and it would have, we would have re-recorded this entire episode <laughs> if we got to the end and this didn't come up because this idea occurred to me the minute I sat down to play SimCity for the first, because actually I got, I got a fair amount of time into this because, um, uh, you know, behind the scenes, like we're recording later than we normally do. So like I actually got to put extra time into the game. Um, but I have been waiting for this moment uh, to tell you that my city sounds like uh, they gave up halfway through naming it. It's City Flavaneva. <laughs> <laughs> except Fantastic. there is exactly one too few characters so it was city <laughs> flabanab <laughs> that, that that is that is fantastic very very well done sir brava um for, for me i was going to name it georgeopolis um nowhere near you know, enough characters for that nope so you know what i sold for mm. georgia Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I did not see that coming. <laughs> no, right? Like, neither, neither did I. And I was the one who did it because I was like, Georgeopolis. No, that won't work. I need I need a George-themed name. <sighs> God. Oh, wait. No, I, I, I can do this. Yeah. So, and Were you in Georgia by the time you were? Yes. Okay. Because it, it would have been extra embarrassing if you hadn't thought of it being named oh, George yeah. in Georgia. <laughs> Yeah, being named George in Georgia, being like, what can I possibly name this city? So that this was actually, riddle is unsolvable. That was the one I abandoned. Um, the the second one that I named, I I don't know why. I just, but the, it was mostly like there weren't many trees and stuff, so I named it Arrakis. Oh, nice. So I yeah. uh, I subscribe to the many worlds theory of the universe mm -hmm. because in reality there were like eight Flabanabas. Um, 
because I, I settled on that name entirely for one specific reason. I don't want to put a lot of thought into the name. And, <laughs> and then because I knew that I would get like analysis paralysis and just sit on that typewriter screen for like the entirety of the play session <laughs> trying to decide <laughs> on a funny name. So when it occurred to me that I had a funny name that was all about not spending time coming up with a name, I was like, yes, this is exactly what I want. But a, a few of my cities, um, they, um, what's the right word? Uh, they failed me. Yeah. Ah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. You didn't fail them. No, they failed me in and and there were a couple of cities that I abandoned um kind of in the way that like a toddler might knock over like their building blocks, like their little wooden letter blocks where mm-hmm. I I I, <laughs> I was like two two little sections into the city and then I placed like the 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 nuclear power reactor like one line over from where I wanted it and I was just mm-hmm. like and then I just leveled it, like just burned it to the ground, like hit reset and created nice. a new one as if that one had never existed. So <laughs> somewhere in all of those alternate realities, there are a bunch of flabbanabas that have like two residential zones and one fire department, but no power and no roads. <laughs> so basically what I'm picturing now is that, you know, like like you got this 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 burgeoning city, right? Like so like there are these people building in the residential area. You know, you've got the you know, they're they're starting to like zone out the industrial and, and, and the, the commercial areas and then you know, they build this amazing nuclear power plant to please their mayor. And you walked in you walk up and you're like, Wasn't it supposed to be five feet to the right? And they're like, Well, I and then you just take out your portal gun, like hit it on the <laughs> ground and it's just like leave. It's like, <laughs> and, the, and uh, you know, that that fits even better with the name Flabbing It, right? Because yeah. it's like, yep. this, is, this is what you don't see. These are the city's lion's leaves behind. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, head, head cannon accepted. Totally. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I definitely, I thought that the, the tokens were, um, were very good. Uh, I thought that, um, that the, uh, that the winter, uh, visual that they did, I thought that that was kind of, Kind of a nice little, nice little touch. You yeah, know? the the fact that in the spring, like the trees have little blossoms on them, and you know, you 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 get at least some sense that time is passing because just changing the months would be like you could miss it. You could forget that you have the time on super speed. But when yep. everything is white or every all the trees have blossoms, like that's a or all the trees are like the kind of fall autumn color. Like you'd really have to not be paying attention to ignore those visuals. And 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 I want to try to remember when we're going over mechanics to come back to specifically the winter visual because the way that this game plays, I felt that that was that that helped me in a way that I started playing it. But um, but it's really more of a mechanics thing. Little teaser there. Epic foreshadowing. (laughs) Well, it's foreshadowing. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's (laughs) it's moderate foreshadowing, moderate to low. Um. I, so I thought that uh, if we're also talking about visuals and service of uh, gameplay, um, I felt that all of the tokens for like stuff you can put down, I thought all of those were very reasonable. You know, that, that you know, like police department, fire department, yeah. like those. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that like I could look at those and tell you exactly what they were. The ones across the top, much less so. But to be fair, they were trying to represent like much more. Uh, non-tangible concepts you know like saving um oh, yeah yeah i mean or, those those are they're menus that to put text there would have 
taken up way too much screen real estate or would have looked ridiculous because all of your abbreviations would have been like like SVG and you've been like, what is, is that how I save my game? Oh no, that's taxes and saving, right? Like it's Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Is it like it's one of those things where when I when I clicked on it, like I had no idea what it would be. But then when I saw what it was, I was like, ah, okay. And then I didn't forget it beyond that. You know, so it was the visual was clear enough once you knew what the visual was you know so i couldn't have like looked at it and then been like this is what this is but the minute i clicked on i was like that makes sense you know yeah and and that's an advantage i'm going to pretend there's a ton of research to support this but i feel like that's an advantage that iconography has that words don't like if you read a sign that says exit you kind of need to know what the word exit means and then once you learn like, oh, this is what it means, you still have to kind of remember in your mind what it was when the next time you see that word. Whereas like in Canada and Europe and I think throughout Asia, like their sign for exit is like a dude going through a door. It's like the little white man like right. you know, going through a door. So the first time you see that, you might not immediately be like, oh, is that how I get out of the building? But then once you understand that that's what it means i feel like that relationship is tighter because you're not trying to remember the definition of a word you are associating an experience with a symbol and right. so like when you see the little dr Wright face like once you interact with him the first time you know forever what that little symbol means once you interact with uh the different views of the map in the map viewer like you remember what each one of those do even though they're just little symbols because like you get to project meaning onto them easier than you can with words i think yeah, no, I, I I'd agree completely. Is that not only do they and and like you said, they trans they literally translate better. I mean, that's the thing. Is that like if you see like a person you know running towards an exit, right? And then you see a person running towards like a, a an E or a, you know like a an X sign or something like that, right? You know, like you you can make small changes to it there where somebody can still look at it and be like, this is probably what that means, you know, and you can kind of suss it out. So in, in a way that, you know, like symbols that change slightly from like region to region is actually closer to uh, different, uh, uh, different, um, oh man, I'm completely blanking on the word accents, different accents as opposed to different languages, you know? Yeah, no, um, I could pick that up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because you could probably pick that up. You know, it's it's kind of like when you listen to somebody Scottish speaking English, where you're just kind of like, yeah, that's I'm getting like sixty six percent of what you're saying. You I, know? I know how to get out of this building. Yeah, you know. So um, I I noticed talking about uh, the tokenizing and and things on the the building side. Um, I I tried to check this as thoroughly as I could. I am fairly confident that bigger universally means better. Like a bigger apartment building always means that that is a higher level of development. A bigger mm. shopping mall and, and office buildings always means a higher level of commercial. A scarier factory belching more toxins into the air always means a higher level of industrial. So like, I don't think there are any instances where a a larger token of a building is not the better one that you would be seeking out what they don't do and we'll get into this more in visuals is they don't really tell you that some buildings can only come into existence when multiple zones are side by side like the largest residential building 
which is very obviously a massive, super cool looking apartment building, cannot exist on a single residential zone and requires two that are perfectly adjacent. Same thing for commercial. And I, I don't think industrial has an allegory for that, but it probably does. My city, Peter, like kind of plateaued at a certain point. Yeah, no, I, I, and like you said, like I, I do want to address this in mechanics. Is that that's probably very possible. I, I, I did not think that, um, and this is a mechanics thing, but like I didn't think that they did a great job telegraphing, like even close to what could possibly be good city layouts. You know, no, it's a hundred percent. Yeah, it's a hundred percent trial and error. So you know, I, I set up my city because, like I said, I set it up the first time. I'm like, this this makes sense, you know. And then because I set it up as like a, a group of nine residentials, a group of nine industrials, and a group of nine commercials, mm-hmm. all directly attached to the centralized power plant, and I just ran roads to each area. But the commercial areas near each each group of areas near as I could tell didn't flow into each other. So only the ones that I directly connected to a residential, whatever's that middle, the middle one died. It just didn't do anything, you know? And so I was just kind of like, okay, I guess. So, and then once that I got irritated enough with that, I just portal gunned away, you know, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but so I guess the nice thing though. So on the flip, the flip side of that token is that, I could tell right away that those areas were completely stagnant because the visuals were very clear. I was like, I, I wasn't saying there being like, how come I put down nine industrial areas, but I'm only getting the processing power of eight. I'm like, well, I, I know that this is a problem. So I was able to learn from it. So even though the mechanics were occluded, um, the, uh, the, the visuals were very clear. Yeah. You know? You're, you're, and we will definitely go into this more. You get a lot of visual feedback in terms of the current state of things, but it, it's oh god what is it uh it's the uncertainty principle like because you are able to so accurately measure its current position you have no idea what its speed or direction is yes you are completely lost on its momentum yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i mean I, like overall like i i don't i don't want to put too fine of a, a point on it but because i have such fond memories of playing this game as a kid this falls firmly in the like delightful pixel camp for me. So like the second I turned it on, I was just like, "Aw, Super Nintendo pixel graphics. Like they're not good. They're not bad. They're just like, they're very of this era. And like, I was just like, yay, SimCity. So like, yeah. you're, I know your experience is, is obviously different, but like, I don't really have anything bad or tremendously praiseworthy to say about the quality of the graphics. They, there's a lot of um, like visual feedback and things that we just obviously spent all this time talking about. But like overall, like if I had to rate just how the graphics look, I'd be like, eh, they're, they're good. They're of the era. Yeah, I, I'd say that the graphics are like a B, the visuals, you know, it's like they do a, they do a good job relating, you know, like what's going on. Not amazing, but 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 good. And, uh, you know, they are they are pleasing to look at. Not amazing, but pleasing. Yeah, no, they're good. Um, sound. Yeah, we should we should sound. <laughs> so um, I don't give a shit about the sound in this game at all, like at all, <laughs> not, not even a little like I can't. OK, so there's nothing bad about it i don't hate the sound in this game i nothing it like <laughs> like it's just i, I don't know man because i, I was li- okay so i was playing it and you know i again this is a very mechanics heavy game so i was trying to get into it trying to like see like okay how do i want to spend my money how do i want to do this and then teddy 
had me create this libertarian paradise, which I portaled away from. <laughs> this and, libertarian nightmare scape. <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean, to be fair, from the, the city he was building out there, happier for not having a mayor. So whatever. Yeah, um, I mean, who who wants the regulation of a mayor when you can just have a three? three? Is he three? Uh, yeah. Have a three-year-old make your decisions for you. <laughs> <laughs> there's probably some scathing political commentary we can add but that's not what the show's about yep nope. um uh so anyways uh, all this is true yeah but so I, at one point i realized i was like oh I, I i don't hear the sound you know so i turned the volume up on my because i could like barely hear it so i turned the volume up on my tv and i was like oh this has changed the experience in no way whatsoever <laughs> Like in in my opinion, yeah, like because I was just like, yeah, there's music, all right. Occasionally, it makes like a thunk sound when I put stuff down, which I think my brain was already doing for me, you know. And <laughs> you, and so I was just kind of like, like, oh, like, like filler thunk. Yeah, I mean, like when I put it down, like just the visual was very like solid. So I think my brain just kind of went like, yeah, thunk, you know. And so, but yeah, so then when I turned on the sound, I was like, oh, it's it's the same. Okay, so um. I have a note similar to yours <laughs> with uh, markedly less cynicism <laughs> because here's the thing. I agree with you that the sound does not require or necessarily even deserve any sort of emotional investment. And I am highly confident that that is intentional. Mm-hmm. I am really, really confident that, uh, because as you get into later parts of the game, you're going to just let time pass. Like you're going to just let your new things develop and try and let the equilibrium kind of shake out. And like, there's less building and less doing, and, and you're, you're just allowing time to pass. And the music and the sound effects need to be fairly inoffensive. And I think what they did is they took that all the way to its logical conclusion, which is they said, do you need any of this audio? Is there any feedback you only get through audio that like we have no visual cue for of any kind? And the answer is no. And I think the right answer is no. Like it would be really strange in this game if like there was something you only knew because of the music, like the music got dramatic or like you couldn't see the fire, but you could hear the roar. Like that would be super bizarre. So because there's nowhere that you need sound or music for anything, the game mm-hmm. could be played by someone who has no auditory ability, who ha- was born completely deaf. They could play this game and get the exact same um, amount of uh, feedback from the game. I I think that's an intentional design choice. And because there are going to be huge gaps of time where you're just letting years pass, you know, you can speed time up and just let time go. Um, I I really, I really feel like that was an intentional design decision. I'm not, I'm not as, as like, uh, done with sound moving on. Yeah. I'm not as nihilistic about (laughs) it as you are, but like I, I do, I did definitely notice it. And the reason I noticed it is because, um, I was playing uh, while one of my daughters was napping and I had the sound way down and I had a headphone in and I was listening to an audiobook, and I was like, man, if only I'd had audiobooks when I was a kid. Oh, I bet they did this on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> right. So like it, it was sort of serendipity that I, I gave it the amount of attention that I did, but I, yeah, I really think they did it on purpose because it would be weird if, 
I don't know. It would just be weird if, like, the only way you knew crime in the city was bad if, is if you could hear, like, police sirens all the time. Like, if there was no way for you to look and see that the crime was bad. Yeah, it was definitely um, it was definitely a design choice. I think that, and I think that you're right. It was, it was the right one for kind of how how you played it and how I learned to play it. Um, so, unless you have any more notes about sound, this actually does lead very well <laughs> into something I wanted to say about the mechanics. Well, the, um, the last thing that I'll say about audio, and this may actually be a record for how little we have addressed audio in a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no because i mean that's the thing is that you know like i was just kind of like like when i was looking at it i i was just i was like listening to it and trying my best to come up with notes i'm like no there's just there's there's nothing to to grab onto here which is fine you know but i was just kind of like, yeah this is there is sound there are sound effects yeah they, yeah none of them the, are needed the, you know the, the two things i have that I'll, I'll just give a mention to other than my my feelings on the intentional design choice of the ignorability of the audio is uh, the I like that each level of city has different music. I wish that the piece for the the uh, I think it's the city level city or whatever's right after that. I wish that piece of music had a way longer loop because you are stuck at that level of city sophistication for a long time. So so like that piece loops way more than almost any other piece of music you hear because the town and the smaller you know the two or three like early levels you only hear those for like a year or two and then you quickly outgrow them so like i like that Mm -hmm. there's unique music but i wish they had thought like oh okay this piece of music you're going to hear more than the others so let's make this loop a little bit longer uh, and then the other thing is when you go to build something and you can't build there, like if you try and do a road like through the middle of a zone or something like that, it, it makes like an error noise. Like you can't build here. It, okay. it Yeah, it yeah. really, really sounds like a guy going, nope. <laughs> because if, if you yeah. drag it out, like if you try and drag a road like across a zone, it's nope, 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 Because, I mean, it's not something you do on purpose once you know where you can and can't build. But, like, if you're scrolling the screen and you accidentally try to build, like, right through the middle of a zone or something, it's just nope, 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 nope. That did give me a little bit of a chuckle. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. So the reason why I think that the that, like you said, you know, the sound is completely, completely innocuous, right? Um, when I was playing this game, uh, so basically what I did was, you know, I played it on easy because uh, I wanted to. Um, I, yeah. I did so, not uh, do the money cheat, though. I somehow resisted. Oh, no, I, I, I did not as well. I wanted to actually play the game, but I did want to play it on easy. Totally. So I go to, I went there, you know, like, like built out a huge city, you know, and ran out of money. And so uh, I was like, okay, well, I'll take out a loan, you know, because I, I did the math on the loan. The loan's about 5% over 20 years. So I was like, yeah, that's reasonable. Um, so I was like, okay. Uh, so I took out the loan, blew through all that money, <laughs> and then got bored <laughs> because, you know, like, like you've got no money. So, you know, I, 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 I raised the taxes a little bit and then dropped, you know, my funding of a couple of different things, which we'll talk about here in a second uh, to the ramifications of that, but basically made it so that way, like slowly, but surely I was starting to get money back in, you know, but at the tune of about 300 to $500 a year, not, you know, not, not, uh, not busting at the seams in the coffers. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, I, I, I was just kind of like, okay, so, you know, I'd sit there and wait, 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 
wait. And I had it, I had set to go as fast as it could, but I was just kind of like, well, I understand why it can't go faster than this, but you know, because you don't want to like blow through like all of a sudden like 20 years and something goes wrong. And then by the time you realize it and press a button, your city's irrevocably destroyed. <laughs> so I was just kind of like, maybe if they had like a, a fast forward button, you know, where you could be like, okay, I want to move it like 10 times speed, but only while I'm holding this button down. But then all of a sudden I realized that no, 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 this, this is the first, it's maybe not be the very first, but this is certainly one of the earliest iterations that I can think of, of an idle game. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean that was the simulators thing. are that kind of game. Well, like build, building simulators. Yeah. Cause I was going to say like, I mean like Sims, the, the Sims, you know, uh, and like civilization, things like that. Those are very much so not, you know, like they, they require your focused attention. In fact, for the Sims, if you leave it alone for too long, it things are going to go really bad. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, technically the same thing happens in civilization, but it's not one family's life you're destroying. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so then all of a sudden I, I was just like, oh, okay. Especially because like even at the end of the year with your taxes and stuff, if you just let that go, then it'll just keep going. So I started doing chores and stuff while the game just ran. Yes. And there, that, there's actually even an auto tax setting where it doesn't bring the screen up. Huh. Neat. I did not, I did not notice that, but like, that's one of the reasons why I really like the, the winter visual was because it would give me an idea if I was like walking through the room and it was white, chances are it was December, right? It was either December or January. So I would like look at it and say like, oh, okay, my, my revenue stream is about to come up and I've missed it for the last three or four times. Let me, let me just double check and make sure that everything's kosher. Yep. I'd leave it alone for another 10 minutes. And yeah, just, it would be on and in the background. And I was just kind of like, oh, it's, it's an idle game. You know, that's, it's interesting because those are very, very much more popular now, especially with cell phones, you know? Yeah. And I, I wonder if it was hard to pitch that game mechanic in the eighties, because you think like the original SimCity goes way back. I mean, like, I think it was a DOS game originally, like it goes way, way back. Um, so when you had this game running on your computer, your computer could not do anything else. So if you were playing this game and you were like, okay, I'm going to let it, you know, I'm going to go eat dinner and I'm, I'm going to just like connect, collect some tax revenue. Like you were essentially saying, I'm not going to be here using the computer, but I am still using the computer. Right. And I mean, like you and I are both old enough to remember when you're going to be like, don't pick up the phone. I'm going to be on the, I'm going to be connected to the interwebs. Right. Like that was so, so like you were, when you staked your claim on like, for me, the super Nintendo, you know, for a lot of people going back to like their DOS, you know, cabinet, um, like you were saying like, whether or not I'm physically at this device, I'm still using this device. And if I find out you use this device while I wasn't here physically using this device, I'm going to be pissed <laughs> because yeah. I was like making my tax money. Right. So like, it's, yep. That was probably a slightly harder design cell at a time before like suspending games in the background or things even running when you're not, when you don't have them open. Yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely. I thought that that was, so. I, I thought that was a, like you said, a very interesting choice, especially because one of the reasons why I believe, um, you know, idle games are so much more popular is because of the mobile space, you know, like, absolutely. so, yeah, so basically, you know, you're on a bus or, you know, um, waiting for somebody to call you or something like that. You, know, you just hop onto the game real fast, press the buttons that make things go faster, and then 
close out, you know? Um, so like you said, to, to, you know, not to, to, to not have that space to do that. It, it, it is, it is very interesting. I would definitely say that this is the first game that I can think of that is, is a console idol game you know yeah well and you know you already made the direct reference to monopoly and so did i and the more i'm thinking about it the i don't think this might have been that hard of a sell because i have very clear memories of getting into a board game and then having to like go do homework or go my parents wanted me to go to bed or i had to like leave my friend's house and go home or whatever and we just left the board game set up which which meant no one else could play that board game until we came back and finished our round of Monopoly or our round of the Game of Life or whatever. So, like, the fact that this game already has so much in common with tabletop, uh, you know, style simulators or, like, model sets or Monopoly-style games, like, maybe it wasn't that difficult to tell someone, like, yeah, I'm I'm still using the computer. I know I'm in the other room eating a meal, but, yes, I am still using the Super Nintendo yeah, maybe. I think that to me, I mean, definitely it may not have been that hard of a sell, but I think that to me there is a key difference between I have to stop playing this game that I, that you can't save, basically. You know, like I have to stop playing this game because something else is requiring my attention to I effectively can't play this game until I go do something else, like until mm. time passes, you know? Yeah. yeah, no, you make a good point. Yeah, because, I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, like, if you want to keep playing Monopoly, you can play it until it's, you know, murder, murder, suicide all the way down, you know, because that's the only way I know that Monopoly games end. Yeah, that's how you but, know uh, neither of us have ever lost a game of Monopoly. Nope. <laughs> only, only fought to a draw. <laughs> Just, this is how the listeners find out that we've got a like a 15-year game of Monopoly going that, you know, we just... Like there have been a couple of times where I could have won, a couple of times where you could have won, but neither of us did because we didn't want to kill each other. Yeah, yeah one more roll of the dice, and one of us doesn't get to raise their kids. So, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I assume that we'd be honor bound to raise the other one's kids. You know, like well, yeah, but one of us still isn't there. I'm not saying they're going to become latchkey children. You, you, you're not going. You're not going to. Well, naturally, I assume that they would they would die of. of <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the greatest Simpsons lines of all time. Uh, Dredrick Tatum. I, I love that one. I love the, uh, uh, this is what I think about the fourth estate. What are the first three? Nobl- nobility, clergy, and communists. Learn your French history. Like, uh, anyways. Um, <sighs> that show used what were we talking again. about before then? Oh, yeah, but there's there's a key difference between, you know, being able to play the game and basically, like, coming up to a point where you're just kind of like, there is no more game to play until I leave and go do something else for, you know, 20 minutes or so and then come back and no, no, there's game to play. Um, but I do think that it does. One of the things that that does inherently bake in is um, so we've kind of talked briefly a couple of times about humane design, you know. Um, so the idea being is that, like, if you make a game to where it punishes the player for having to leave, you know, um, or even psychologically to the point where it puts you into such a tight Skinner box to where you don't feel that you can leave even though you can, you know? That's inhumane game design. So the nice thing about a game like this that is an idle game is that it is inherently or is closer to being uh, humane because literally you go in, you play for like five minutes, and then you have to leave, you know? 
you can literally only play that game for so long before there's, I mean, you can sit there and stare at it, but you know, you might as well leave and go do other things. Well, so and at that point you're arguably not playing, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like you said, I mean, like, I think that this would be uh, a, a great game, you know, to queue up like while you're doing homework or like for me, like chores, you know, it's, it's just, you know, queue it up, have it kind of do its thing and occasionally be like, yep, going to do A, B, C. All right. Watch the numbers go up. Great. You know, <laughs> move on but uh so yeah it was just it was it was very very interesting what did you think of the um what did you think of the 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 cognitive load so like especially towards the beginning like how do you think that they they load leveled the player so that's an interesting way to address the question i think you're asking which is um i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of attack this from like a a, like an expectations and feedback right Mm-hmm. So I, you know, my, my entire career has been in academia in one sense or another. So I'm, I am around and having to constantly think about the idea of the feedback loop, because that is where, that is the only place learning can happen. If you do a mm-hmm. thing and you get no feedback about what happened, you cannot learn anything, right? And if you uh, get a bunch of feedback that is useless to you, it is almost the same as no feedback, right? Like you, you don't know what to make changes to. If if your instructor is giving you feedback in Chinese and you don't speak Chinese, then it's not very good feedback. Yeah, essentially the one thing you have learned is this instructor only speaks Chinese. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so it's like, okay, check. I know if if one of the questions on the test is what language did your instructor speak to you in, then you, you're good. So, so side 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 story. Um, uh, I have a uh, you know like obviously you know, you know parent, once you become a parent like you know kids abound right. Um, and a friend of mine, she uh, her kid was we were at like this huge pool party right, and um, I made like those finoodle swords right. I, can um, you use those for anything else? Uh, I, uh, to the best of my yeah, knowledge, no. no. I, don't, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. So I made a finoodle great sword, which was for me. And then the finoodle smaller swords were for the, the chillins, right? right? So obviously, immediately, the, the, the chillins wanted the great sword. And I was more than willing to share, but it wasn't made for them. So it was <laughs> un, unwieldy at best. And so like I was like swimming in the pool and the kid was like, you know, hey, give, give me the big sword. I'm like, you don't want this. And he was like, no, I do. And I was like, OK. So I handed it to him and I took his two smaller swords and he swung the big sword at me and I swatted it out of the way and tapped him, you know? And that that goes on for about four or five iterations. And he's like treading water as best as he can. I mean, he's a champ, you know? And then I said, like, what have you learned? And he said that I can't that I can't breathe underwater. I said, did did you not already know that? <laughs> is it is this he was your like, first time around water? <laughs> and he was like, no, I knew that. And I'm like, so you have learned anything so far then, have you? Do you think there's something you could be learning? And he was just kind of like, what and i was like maybe not to use a weapon that you can't wield properly but but so but i think that speaks to your point which is to say that you know if you're getting if you're getting no feedback right or you're drawing the wrong feedback and somebody's not giving you feedback to correct that then it's it's not helpful you don't make any progress and and this is a thing that a human teacher or coach can refine in real time if they are good at their profession and this is a thing that a game is more able to do now with better processing power, but even in the modern age, it's still really easy to provide to create a game that provides 
garbage feedback. And uh, I'm I'm actually going to tangent off of your tangent just because it's so loosely related and it's a funny story. So so, uh, just literally today, I was outside with uh, my kids and a bunch of the neighbor children, and they have these little um, squirter things. It's basically a, a fun noodle. Um, which by the way, that pronunciation drives me insane. It's fun noodle. So it's basically a fun noodle with a small plunger in it. And so you can suck water into it and then you can squirt water out. Right. But it's soft. Oh yeah. 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 I've seen, I've seen those fun noodles. Yeah. Those them are these them. (laughs) So are these they, (laughs) so it's, you know, soft, squishy, hard to break, hard to hurt somebody with. Um, but the kids were all like, they're all fairly young kids and, one by one, each one of them almost in turn shot one of the other kids. That kid then complained, and one of the adults had to be like, you know, oh, if I'm going to use made-up names here, if if Jimmy doesn't want to get shot by the water, Mary, don't shoot him, okay? And so, like, we had to go, like, all of the adults had to, like, do this for each of the kids until finally I realized, like, in the back of my mind that I had now checked off every child and every child had had to be given this same message. And I just decided this is not a teachable moment. I am going to come down from the Mount with a commandment from God. And and I just said, you know what? Every single one of you has now complained that you do not like being shot. So shooting games are now illegal. No one wants to be shot. You only want to shoot each other but none of you are willing to be the recipient of shooting. So no more shooting. And like, no more. And and they're all looking at me like, but we want to shoot each other. And I'm just like, I'm having this feedback moment where I'm like, I don't know how to convey to children this age, like the ethical ramifications of being willing to do something to someone else when you're not willing to have it be done to yourself. Like, how do I communicate the golden rule to four year olds? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh God, it was mind numbing. But yeah, I mean that that's the feedback loop, right? Like because I didn't have a way to provide good feedback, the system broke. Yep. See, I see I tied it together. I did it. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. With a nice little bow. No, actually what I was more so driving at because we can definitely talk about the the feedback loop, but is um the the basically okay, so it it hits you with a tremendous amount of information right off the bat. And and zero direction. Exactly. So basically, like the cognitive load right off the top is super high Um, just because basically it's just like, here's the entirety of the game. Play it, you know, with no idea. So like I was like, I literally and, you know, I I am not one, as you can probably attest to from our friendship to suffer from analysis paralysis. (laughs) I I tend to err on the other the other side of that equation. Um, I I think would you say the opposite of analysis paralysis is like shooting from the hip? Yeah. Yeah. I want, I want to find something that, that like has good rhyme schema, but yeah, you know, I tend to, I, I, I do tend to more, instead of evaluating the 10 possible things to go wrong, I evaluate the first two and say like, that's eh, probably good. And then just go, <laughs> go from there. Um, anyways, but, uh, but you know, so I, but I, I myself was like sitting there for about a couple of minutes, just kind of like, I have no idea where to even start building my civilization based on my play style, based on the resources I have at my disposal. I mean, like, do I want to build? Cause I started to just build in the center and Megan who had played the game before said, Oh, well you should build near the coast so you can build a seaport. And I was like, um, okay. Why though? You know, like why, <laughs> why would I and care about such a trivial thing? 
Yeah, and she was just kind of like, well, having seaports good. I'm like, well, what is what does that do for me? And she was like, I don't really know, or like I don't remember. But I couldn't do, do, divine that from any of the information, you know. And so I was just, I was kind of like, I, I guess I'll just do this. And I mean, there is something to be said for repetition in games, you know, and by getting better through repetition. But you know. I thought that basically giving you all of your resources up front to make a whole bunch of long-term decisions that are absolutely going to impact gameplay with no information whatsoever was an odd way to go about it, as opposed to having your resources like firmly grow towards the beginning. Like, so for example, if, you know, in the beginning you start off, let's say like, you're like, I want to start off with 10,000 gold, right? Cause it's, it's gold, right? <laughs> so it's, uh, um, I believe it's actually Zenny. Oh, I thought, or maybe Gald. <laughs> There's some games that used Gald. Gald. Gil was popular in a bunch of the Final Fantasies too. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, so so to to say like you know you have an investor you know who like wants to you know will invest in you, but they invest in like chunks you know, so you get the first one thousand dollars to spend you know which really limits or like five hundred dollars, which limits the types of buildings that you can build. Mm-hmm. It's just like. You know, so like, okay, so you'll you need to start off with these three buildings and all this sort of stuff. And then your investor, who could be that weird dude, you know? Dr. Wright. Your investor. <laughs> <laughs> like and he could say, like, he could be like, hey, this is what I want to see, you know, for the first whatever, you know. And, and then like have it build up like that to the point where, you know, you get your first few b- monies and installments, and then it's like, and now here's your remaining eight grand. Go nuts, you know. But there's basically no tutorial, and I think in a game like this, unless you want, unless you're really focusing in on repetition as, as, as like like basically practice gameplay, you know, not, not planned and not improvised, then you, you got to have some kind of a tutorial with a game that's complicated. So I'm I'm going to actually take the devil's advocate position here sure. because I I kind of agree with it as well as it'd just be super boring if I was like, yup, and then the music started playing. So. Um, <laughs> The uh, there is a little bit of feedback in that if you if the first thing you did when you open the game is talk to Doctor Wright, or if you do nothing and then you talk to Doctor Wright, or if you do crazy things, he will actually weigh in and be like, maybe you should build a police station, maybe you should build some commercial zones since all you have are factories without power. Like he he will kind of give you a tiny bit of nudging, I think they could have made the feedback he gives you better, but I disagree with there should be a tutorial because I think they intentionally left that out. I think they very, very much want you to dive in, try something, collect feedback about how that worked, and then try something new, and then collect feedback about how that worked, and just, like, that is the incentive to keep playing the game, is to collect more data and to build better and better cities. Because the game does not give you a lot of information about direction or if the things you're doing are having the effect you hope they are. Like, because everything is multivariable, right? Like, when you build residential zones... It's not just whether you need residential zones, it's their proximity to industrial zones and commercial zones and how much crime do they have and are they on fire and are there roads and do they have power? Like there's a ton of variables that can go into whether a zone is successful or not. And 
you're not even really told that the object is to build a large city because it's not like there isn't an object to the game other than to build a city. So you could build a city that's like one residential zone, one commercial zone, one industrial zone, one police station and a power plant, and then just let it run for a thousand years. And like, and the game would just be like, okay, that's fine. Right. So I, I think a tutorial, some semblance of a tutorial, particularly a skippable or like turn offable tutorial would be an expectation in a modern SimCity. I don't actually think the the theme of SimCity is one of a tutorial because the second Dr. Wright says, maybe you should try like a residential, residential, uh, uh, commercial, commercial, and then put the the industrial a little bit further away, the player is going to say, oh, that's the ideal block layout. And that's all I'm ever going to do forever. And then they're going to build a grid of that takes up the entire map of that layout in that ratio. And maybe it's good. Maybe it's even the best, but like that would be really boring if you just took this one like footprint. And, and so I think leaving the tutorial out is kind of taking a stance as game designers and saying, if you are not the kind of person who is willing to build an entire city just to find out this one piece of information and then burn it all down and start over, you're probably not going to like this game. And that, and that very well may be true. And, and what I'm, what I'm thinking of is not like, you know, the classic tutorial of like, you know, do thing A, then do thing B, then do thing C. I mean, like for example, tor- portal, the, you know, portal is 90% tutorial, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All I can think is like, Mega Man, Mega Man, you should build a commercial hey, zone. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I already know it is. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. So, you know, like, like portal is, is 90% tutorial, you know, and, and it doesn't feel like that, you know, I just think that they could have done, and I don't don't think that they, it should be a game where it's like your your hand is compulsively held and where like every single emergent mechanic is explained to you, especially in the beginning. Um, but that being said, I do think that they could have gated it a little bit better before you, you know, like take your take your ten thousand dollars, blow it on an airport, a football stadium, and a <laughs> and a power plant. And, you know, You're like, why does no one yeah, live here? Yeah, like what. Well, they they can live inside of the football stadium, and 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 they can they can live in the airport, right? Like that's you know, like just just something a little bit to kind of like gate you and help you help you get started in the this is how to even come close to building a city direction. Just because, again, it's not to me. I'm entirely fine with you know like playing for an hour to figure out like oh this was suboptimal and then trying again. But I'm afraid that there would be a lot of players who would just be hit with the UI, and then walk away you know yeah and and i am in in reality even though i believe they made a firm design decision about how you collect feedback is exclusively through close observation of the results of your actions and not really through the game overtly telling you like that was a good idea this was a bad idea right um i i i'm i am a I'm aware of how big that gray area is and there's a lot more they could have done to let you know what the hell was going on and like what buttons did without, without going all the way to it being a hand holding baby game for babies. Right. So there's, there's, they could have done more without completely giving up on their vision of like, people will just know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, that, yeah, I, I don't think that like if on a scale of one to 10, like, one being no tutorial whatsoever, right? And a 10 being, you know, like, 
like literally Mega Man, hey Mega Man, like you know, <laughs> then this game is like like around like a, a, a two, you know. And I am saying like yeah, maybe maybe pump it up to like a, a three, maybe a four, you know, just 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 get some clever stuff. Like it's even even Darkest Dungeon, which is renowned for not holding your hand, um, it it has a tutorial, yes. <laughs> you know. The, the the tutorial is just you getting to the town, and so you're only given two heroes as opposed to your usual four. Um, you know, like it 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 has it uh, as opposed to it being roguelike. You know, it has very scripted um, encounters where it's like encounter A, encounter B, encounter C. So you're very like unlikely to die, and so like it's like in this encounter, we're going to show you kind of how this mechanic works because this this bad guy is going to use this ability on you. It's going to do this thing, mm-hmm. and so then you've seen it, you know. And so then by the time you get to the town, you have some idea. And there's a tremendous amount of depth to the mechanics. They don't tell you ever. You know, you can play the entire game and not notice notice it, you know. Um, but uh, but they still give you, like, some of the basics at the beginning. And and I think, because I, I, I remember seeing a presentation recently where, you know, it's kind of like the game, which I have never played, but Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> I've also never played Dwarf Fortress, but it's one of those cultural touchstones that other people, like, in my circle of nerds have talked about it enough that i'm like i i i feel like i i know yeah yeah, like i would recognize a restaurant that's sold that kind of food even though i could not begin to describe to you what it tastes like i would if i was walking down the street i could be like oh that's a dwarf fortress and they're like oh what's dwarf fortress like no idea (laughs) no idea but 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 that's that but yeah i mean my understanding from dwarf fortress is that there is a an amazing amount of depth and intricacy to that game that like 90% of the people who even pick it up don't get to because the UI is complicated and there's absolutely no attempt to teach the player, you know, like through anything but their own trial and error, you know? So therefore like a lot of people are like, Oh yeah, I do think a thing B thing C it's like, actually there's a whole lot more to the game, but you've got to really, invest you know so and and this is a thing that the the more we talk about it the more i'm convincing myself this was an intentional design choice to just throw you in and and for throwing you in to be the primary mode of gameplay because uh at least SimCity on the super nintendo i don't i played SimCity 2000 a lot but i don't remember if this if that game had this one uh this other mode which is like here is an existing pre-built city that has a specific set of problems and you come in and fix those problems, right? So here's a city that is like notoriously overdeveloped and doesn't have anywhere near enough power, but the minute you add power, people are going to want to move in and it's going to cause all these things to fly out of balance. Like how would you fix San Francisco? How would you fix Boston? How would you fix, you know, Orlando, Florida? Like just all these, there's like, I don't know, like four to eight like pre-built cities and those are for the like i don't i don't know what to like how do i start like the analysis paralysis like i don't i understand how to play the game i know what buttons to push to make things happen but like how do i lay out a city how do i make decisions what are my goals and so there's an entire like b game mode that's like oh here's a broken city you can kind of fix and like that'll give you an objective to focus on but really what they want is for you to say here's a field over there there's a river and way off on the edge there's a lake now b- build build whatever the hell you want like build a sprawling metropolis build a a a like uh, a mecca to capitalism you know build like an industrial nightmare world where everything is just smog and hate like 
do do whatever you want because there's no win condition and there's no failure condition. Like if you build a city and then you kill everyone either through inaction or turning disasters on or whatever, like you don't lose. You don't you cannot lose SimCity. I think even if you are backed into an impossible corner where you have no city, no population and zero dollars, I don't think that the game stops. I think time would just pass and it would be like, you know, what happens after humanity dies? Like so so the fact that it's that open ended is I don't I don't even know what to call it. Like I guess a practice based game. Like you can only learn through trial and error and also there's no set objective. Yeah. And I mean that that's fine. I just to to me that I think and 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 don't get me wrong, like I, I enjoyed this game. Um but I think that the the issue is you're going to just lose you're going to lose a lot of people just who won't, you know, like who, who, who I think could enjoy the game if they just weren't immediately hammered with this tremendous amount of information, you know, um, even, uh, you're probably losing some people who would enjoy the mechanic. If the, the price of entry was a little bit lower. Exactly. Is it, cause that's the thing is that I think that it's all, it's all very interesting fashion, fascinating and manageable it's just the game asks you to learn a lot in the first like 10 minutes you know and then and then to be fair it's kind of like but okay well uh, another good uh corollary would be like minecraft right minecraft also has no lose condition right you know you can sit there and die forever and <laughs> you know and there's there's also no win condition right um but even my and, and there's an amazing amount of mechanical depth right but minecraft does um scaffold it's it's teaching because you start off and all you can do is mine you know trees and dirt basically with your hands you know mm-hmm. and then so first thing you learn how to do is like build your basic tools then you can build you know this this chest but even then you won't have the resources to build everything in there so it's all grayed out you know it's like you can build these four things you know and then slowly over time you're introduced to it if they if if they basically hit you with all of that like right at the beginning probably a lot of people would be like this is way too complicated so that's just kind of like my my two senses that i think that you're right i think that they were just kind of like hey we don't want to guide the player we want this to be a complete sandbox experience but i think that that you know it's it's a lot to put on a player just within the first 10 minutes so well, and not having clear memories of learning to play SimCity, i'm on the others, like I'm, I'm like, I, I got into a place I shouldn't be right. Like I'm a dog who caught a car. I never expected to catch <laughs> because when I load up SimCity, you know, I sit down, I got my, 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 my purple and gray controller and I'm like, okay, super Nintendo time. I'm going to play one of the first super Nintendo games I ever played. Okay. I know there's a residential zone and I'm going to do mass transit, to keep pollution down. And I'm going to use nuclear power plant cause it keeps pollution down. I'm going to, you got to have this many police stations. Otherwise people get murdered all over the place. And like, I know how to get started. So like going from zero to one, I just, I know what to do. My problem right. is, and I encountered this in Flavinaba is when I got to a population of about- which one, <laughs> <laughs> The one that I currently have a house in, not, not the ones I portaled out of, <laughs> where I assume so, they're so, now so. overrun with uh, Cronenberg monsters. Flavinava C-137. That's right. Yeah. Um, so when, uh, well, no, the C-137 is the Cronenberg universe, because that's the one they no, flee. That, that, that's assuming that, that was Rick's original universe. Well, we know it's Morty's original universe. 
Yeah, and he calls himself Morty C-137, but I don't think anybody's doing doing traces on Mortys. That's true. And, that's, it, and it actually and, would not... And if that's just the number Rick tells him. Like, what's he going to check his math? Yeah. <laughs> You're just the kid who, who, who wanted a, to, a drug, Morty. Well, And also, too, is um, it would not surprise me if the, the way that Rick's track Morty's is whatever their Rick's number is, they are assigned that number. Because they treat Morty's like they're interchangeable. Mm. He even gets a raffle ticket for it, one free Morty. Yes. So <laughs> so you your Morty is assigned your number. It's oh my God, it's like of off of Fred or of Oh Lynn. my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So Flabanava C one thirty seven because unfortunately in this analogy I am the monster Rick Sanchez. Yes. But yeah, so in Flabanava C one thirty seven, um I got to a population of right around 160,000, which is how I know that that level of city development lasts way too long because that's the music I got stuck listening to. And Mm -hmm. my population would go up to like 165, 168, like close to 170. And then for nothing changed. I have not built anything. I have not destroyed anything. My population would just dip back down sometimes way down to like 150 and then it would like kind of plateau again and then it would like climb back up to about 160 and it would plateau again and then it would like it just fluctuated i almost i wish i'd like written the numbers down because i almost guarantee it was like this bizarre sine curve like around 160 and i i tried so like i realized that that was happening because i'd let a bunch of years go by so i could accrue some money i realized that that was happening and then i was like okay what do i do differently And I realized I had this laundry list of things I was positive would be harmful. And then I I had this other laundry list of things that I was confident would be harmful. And then I had this laundry list of things that I was like, these might at least just be neutral. And, And that was when I realized I was like, okay, I don't know if this is bad game design or if I am not the right audience for this for being able to play this for an incredibly extended period of time. But I was like, I am now at a place where I just want to stop because I have no idea how to proceed other than try a bunch of things that are almost definitely bad and see if one of them is maybe good. Like that, that's not a position as a player where I'm like, okay, time to start checking things off my bad list. Like, and, and I'm not saying that that's even bad game design, but like, we're talking about like the, the gate that keeps people from starting. Like this is the gate that kept me from proceeding when I was like, all I can think to do is start trying random nonsense and taking notes about the results. And, and that, that was just not enticing to me. Yeah. Which is interesting. But, um, cause I think that, I think that this game was a good first attempt at like an idol game, you know, but there's some some stuff that does this antithetical to that and some stuff that does like really, really well. So it's kind of double edged. But we cannot finish this podcast without talking about the disasters. <laughs> no, no, we cannot. <laughs> no, no. So so um, run, run me through your your apocalypse or like how you how, how you decided to institute. Well, because, OK, so so obviously we had to we had to test the disasters. We're not monsters. We had to test them for the podcast we had to test right? the monsters <laughs> exactly so uh so so yeah so how did you go about your uh your play test so i okay so one of the early flabanavas um this is where it's a really good thing that i portaled out of there because 
I was like, I was trying to build something and like the layout wasn't working quite the way I wanted. It was very early in this Flabanaba. And I was just like, <sighs> click, 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 click. Like I just turned them all on and then walked away to get my tea. <laughs> yep. And then, so I didn't even like, I didn't even revel in the carnage. Like I just came back and like everything was a hot mess. And Dr. Wright was like losing his mind. And I was like, mm. <laughs> portal, jump in. Never saw that town again. Like, yep. So, so yep. that was like an early, like, what that told me. The small bit of feedback that I got from that is that one, the disasters take slightly longer to kick off than I remembered, which is probably so you have a chance to toggle them back off. Nice, if you, true. if there's That's like fair. a regret moment, <laughs> like, th <laughs> there is actually, I don't know, like a solid 30 plus seconds before a disaster actually starts. Um, yeah, and and so I I got that piece of feedback, and then the other piece of feedback I got is that some of the disasters are, um, they are designed for a highly developed city. They're not expecting you to use disasters super early on because the fire, like oh my god, there's a fire, was in a forest on the other side of a river, which was on an island, and so nice, nice. And so I just did nothing about it. I was like, no one's over there, and this fire cannot possibly cross to my city. Like, this isn't a disaster. This is just a thing that happened. Yeah, this is this is like nature taking its course. Now, actually, um, so okay, so I kind of had a similar experience of, uh, you know, to, to yours, but mine was dealing with the 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 latency of the toggle. Right. Oh, so, were you, were you angry the world didn't end like more promptly? Kind of. So. <laughs> I, I, I turned the thing on and and nothing happened. I was like, hmm, odd. I turned it off. Turned it back on. On, off, on, off, on. Tell with it. All of them on. <laughs> 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 and then <laughs> so basically like to me it's like just like button, 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 button. Like keyboard mash, you know, and then you're and the, then they all went off. The kid in the elevator who just like <laughs> all the floors. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I was, I was not disappointed. So again, like you said, that it is definitely for when you've taken up a lot of the map, you know, um, because the, the fire happened in a warehouse, Meh, that makes sense. So I just bulldozed the warehouse and the, 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 the poor small residential areas that, you know, were around it took care of that. No problem. Um, earthquake. Eh, yeah. No, that did some damage. Um, tornado on the other end of the map and i was like that may get to me eventually <laughs> i'm not really worried about it right now um and what was it there's there's d another one but dude, it bowser yeah that was the <laughs> that was the last one that happened right was it was like bowser's coming i'm like you mean godzilla you piece of it's fine so <laughs> anyways yeah no so so bowser like pops out of the, the water and he's like i'm gonna get you and i'm like yeah, eventually. Like, I'm not, I'm not worried about it, dude. Because you are 50 miles away. Like, you, you Mario's going to show up bef way before you get here. Yeah, the, the the disasters, in light of the way we were talking about the UI, the disasters feel like a thing that maybe you shouldn't even know you can do until you've like populated a certain portion of the map, because the disasters are. I mean, if you want to be childish about it, it's like, oh, they're there because it's funny to like make tornadoes. Har, har, har. The real reason the disasters are there from like a gameplay uh, standpoint has got to be 
I have this immaculate, perfect city, and now I would like to give myself a challenge, so I'm going to let some random nonsense happen to damage my city so then I can see how I would recover from it. In fact, I think one of the scenarios is... God, it's like the Great Fire of London or something. It's like you load up the map and literally the map is on fire. Like like half of your city from the minute you load that scenario is on fire. So like, how do you deal with that? And then more importantly, how do you build after? Do you demolish those zones entirely? Do you try and let them thrive with what's remaining? Like, do you let them thrive for a while until like the nearby commercial zone gets built up, then smash that residential zone and put a new one? Like, right, it's like, so there's definitely a gameplay mechanic to it, but the fact that you can do it from the very beginning when it has no no impact of any kind is a little confusing to the player. Like, oh, there's these buttons. Oh, there's this massive delay. Did anything even happen? Oh, that tree over there is on fire. I guess that's a thing I'll maybe care about later, right? Like, it's, it's kind of confusing. But if they waited and, like, this little button lit up after your population of the map, like you, you would, you know, uh, built up like 60 plus percent of the map. And then, then the disasters button becomes clickable. You'd be like, Oh, Ooh, what's, what, what does that do? I'm going to click them all. But, uh, but yeah, so that, that was, that was my disaster experience. So unless you have anything else, how to hold up. It, it held up about the way I expected, which is like, I, I'm like I'm like I'm 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 firmly in the nostalgia monocle camp like if you wanted to play SimCity play a much newer SimCity or play like one of the spin-offs of SimCity that is trying to fix things that are inherent to the SimCity franchise that some players think are broken um so I I think if you were going to play SimCity on the Super Nintendo or so help you god if you go back to like the DOS version like you would need pretty firm nostalgia goggles or at least that that quality nostalgia monocle with a gold chain because there's just bizarre limitations there's a lot of assumptions made in how much time you are willing to sink into it and if that's your thing you're gonna love it but if you are if you are confused by the UI, if you don't know how to start, if you suffer from analysis paralysis, there are no tools to help you over those hurdles. None at all. Like they basically just turn you away at the door, which may be their way of saying like, dude, this is not for you. Like save, yeah, this is not, this is not the club for you. Yeah, man. Save, save yourself the, the minutes or hours or days of frustration and just don't even come in here. But because I have fond memories of playing this game, I would love to say like, oh no, person who's never played SimCity, you'd love SimCity. Just maybe maybe don't play it for Super Nintendo because you wouldn't love that one. Yeah, no, I'm 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 also firmly in, in Nostalgia Monocle. This game does some things very, very well, um, and it does some very interesting things. And like I said, I think for a first pass at an idle game, I think it's uh I think it's really interesting and, and, and fairly well done for a first pass. I think that this game is a really, really good one to study for some of the things because it's it's very deliberate and clear with what it does, you know? Like once you once you put in that time and you like understand like, okay, you've gone past the UI and all this sort of stuff. Like if you're looking for a class on practice gameplay and on how to build a a old school idol game, then yeah, this is this is a good lesson. Um 
but I, I would not recommend it to somebody who did not play it as a kid and wants to revisit it. It does hold up if you played it before, but if you haven't played it till now, no, like you said, there, there's, there's a bunch of other games out there that do this way better. Yeah. So. There's a, there's, there's the way people remember SimCity, which is like, Oh, Bowser like marched across and it like blew everything up. And like, he does that, but then when you see it in person and you're like, oh, he spawned on the other side of the map and then disappeared before he actually got to my city. It's like, that. that's a good Reader's Digest summary of what it's like to play this game if you'd never played it before. Like, you click a button, something amazing is about to happen, and then doesn't. The curtain falls, the music plays, the credits roll, then it all fades black and you're left by yourself the fanfare is gone there's no player two there by your side to share victories won but as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creep in With the end of a smile 